0: The following is a message from Reverend Ken Meldon of Wellsprings Congregation. Some of you might know Facebook has this uh, on this day function. It'll show you what you posted about a year or so ago or two years or three years ago. And sometimes that function is known as what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) And sometimes that function reminds you of something that's sweet or sad or, or meaningful. And this past week, I was reminded that it was a week ago this last year that this fellow died, Yogi Berra. Now, as a Yankees fan, I am used to getting absolutely no love in this area, and I don't ask for it at this point. I don't even want it, friends. And just about everyone loves Yogi Berra. I think that one of the reasons we love him so much is that, you know, he was like five foot six and yet he went on to be an all star and a Hall of Famer. And he just didn't kind of look the part. You know, he didn't look like Mickey Mantle didn't look like Willie Mays. But even more was his persona that drew so many people to him. The fact that so many of his words managed to defy logic, but convey truth. Think about that. A master of paradox, defy logic, but convey truth. And he said, it's not over till it's over, right? Stating a fact. When he said, the future ain't what it used to be. <laughs> when he said, when you come to a fork in the road. That's wisdom, folks. When everyone can finish your sentences. Thank you, Yogi. And I want to tell you my favorite of his. It says, you can observe a lot. Just by looking. (laughs) You can observe a lot just by looking. I think about the meaning of that when I think about this group, this Canadian uh, teaching outfit called Seeds of Empathy. They work with elementary schools into middle schools, kids about second grade up to about eighth grade. And you see their work in practice right here. It is deceptively simple. They have a mom. And a baby come into what is very often a green mat. I don't know why it's a green mat or green blanket, just most often is, as they specify it. And over the course of weeks, months, the kids simply observe. They're asked at times certain questions. What do you think the baby's experiencing right now? They practice perspective taking of another person, another being, another creature. And very often they are called into classrooms in which there are some behavioral issues with the kids there. Experiences of kids not having maybe a real good sense of self or a sense of self-esteem or kids who have experienced bullying. You know, a kind of uh, social-emotional learning is taking place with seeds of empathy. And what they found over and over and over again, the research is borne out, is that... Just by observing the mom and the little baby, it makes a tremendous difference in the kids' behaviors. Kids who have been quiet and have said nothing and have been surly and looked like they didn't want to be there start to flourish, start to blossom. Kids who used to be bullies start to practice kindness. Significant differences these kids show after being through the Seeds of Empathy program and showing compassion and care for themselves and others yogi you are right you can observe a lot just by looking there's something about that baby in there there is something about that baby now when we think of education we don't normally think of what Seeds of Empathy is doing, or maybe we do. Maybe we've got a totally different model of education. The truth is the model of education that most of us grew up with and some of us rebelled against the uh, Brazilian theorist, education scholar, Paulo Freire, he called it banking education. Kids show up empty vessels. They exist to have content placed into them. That is new information to them and to absorb info that they did not know before. But Seeds of Empathy has a very different perspective on what education is really like. And it gets at the heart of why we are calling this series Renew here at Wellsprings this fall. See, Seeds of Empathy points at the meaning of that because it's not just new information, new content. They're not being directed to say, look what the baby's doing now, interpreting what the baby's doing now. They're just being asked, what do you think is going on here? This is the difference between new content, learning new content. I have no problem with that. That's fine. But when that's all that education is, we're losing actually the most important part of what education is about, which is forming our inner selves. Character formation. I think that has a lot more to do with what we're saying here with renew. As in renewable, as in inexhaustible, as in abundant, as in not depleting, as in a different kind of cultivating the seeds that we are born with to grow. This is what we mean in our core beliefs here when we talk about remaining connected all the days that we are living to our spiritual source and ourselves. What We're talking there is about connecting to something that's renewable, something that is inexhaustible. And there's all these different ways to talk about like what Seeds of Empathy does, biological, sociological, psychological, emotional. But the truth is, it also points at something that is absolutely core to our tradition as Unitarian Universalists. And it's core to who we are here at Wellsprings. Those of you who are in the 2.0 listening to our lives group that is starting this coming week, I believe. We work with the thoughts of a guy named Parker Palmer. He's a Quaker teacher who has lived around here and taught at Pendle Hill, the Quaker retreat center over the years. We start with his teachings, so similar to our own, our own tradition, with this. We are not born broken. That is a radical teaching in the history of religions, in the history of spiritual traditions. We are not born broken. And so the process of education, Parker Palmer is an educator, is about forming our capacity to grow, not banking education, giving us stuff. That we know so we can repeat out later. This also goes by the words of original blessing, not original sin. Instead of being born with a curse over our heads, we are born with great promise within us. Maybe that's what's going on in Seeds of Empathy. That's why it works. Is that it corresponds to the fact that we are born not to be frustrated in our growth, but to grow. You know that word renaissance? Renaissance. Heard that word renaissance? Very often you'll hear man after it. Renaissance. Renaissance. Being born again. Now, very often you've also heard born again in terms of a very specific, very narrow way of talking about it. Are you born again? If you were in that very narrow sense, chances are that, you know, you being here is a mistake today. (laughs) By the way, I do not diminish true born again experiences. I have had them. It's just that I don't experience them as a narrow thing responding or corresponding to just one tradition. I think it's more like the great Zen teacher, the first great Zen teacher in America, Shunryu Suzuki said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are very few. This is what real education and real renewal are all about. Because the truth is, when I look back on the truly best teachers I had, yeah, they taught me great content. And by that, I mean formal teachers and just like people I've run into on the street, also really good teachers as well, too. The really best teachers I have had have not been the ones who've given me the best content. They have been the ones who have taught me how to observe. How to look at this life more deeply. This guy I consider to be one of my best teachers, Greg, our ministerial. For those of you don't know, uh, Greg was our first ministerial intern here at Wellsprings starting in 2011. And Greg actually will be coming uh, to be with us December 18th. December 18th, uh, because he wants to be with you all again because he loves this congregation and we ordained him. And so we want to keep up these connections between us. So Greg tells a story in a little book that I wrote and edited a few years ago about Unitarian Universalist men growing into maturity. See, in that book, Greg tells a story about being a stay at home dad. And it was one of those days in which nothing was happening according to schedule as he would have hoped it. And so his uh, eldest daughter, Grace, Grace, whose name that day was, come on, Grace, let's go, Grace. Let's hurry up, Grace. Well, and you'll get a different sense of what her name really means in just a moment. They were coming back from uh, preschool. He was picking her up from preschool and they were walking up the walkway to their house and he looked back over his shoulder and, come on, Grace, was not coming on. And she was sitting, stooping with her blankie over one arm and a stick in the other, kind of pointing at something down at the ground. Come on, Grace, get in the house, Grace. And the annoyance rising for Greg. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Come on, Grace. And so she dropped the stick, but she kept doing one of these very slowly, absolutely transfixed by what was going on in back of her. So finally, uh, in a huff, Greg went over and he saw. He saw that down on the ground was a little ant. Lugging a crust of bread, about four times the size of that, four times its body mass taking this little trek, struggling, pushing, dropping, picking up again, this crust of bread all the way across slowly the sidewalk. And Greg joined Grace in being transfixed, letting go of the schedule Letting go of Come On Grace and just watching the two of them until the ant had made its pathway all the way across the sidewalk and disappeared down into the grass. Greg, by this point, had totally forgotten about his schedule until he heard in back of him the screen door opening Come On, Daddy! We can call this wonder, awe, revelation. We can call it seeing with the eyes of a child. What it truly is, is a gift of reframing, of observing this life and not taking it for granted. By the way, we all can do this. Here's a very simple practice to do it, but you've got to stay with it. See something, someone, some experience that is familiar to you. And keep looking at it and keep asking yourself the question internally, what is this? Like, and move past the obvious answers. This is my child. This is my spouse. This is a sunny day. Keep asking, what is this? What is this? And I guarantee you, if you stick with that, you will find a different relationship to the quote-unquote obvious. I think, by the way, this is exactly what Jesus meant when he was teaching on what the nature of heaven was. And Jesus loved to teach in metaphors and images and experiences, not in theology. And he pointed to a child and he said, Truly, I tell you, none of you will enter the kingdom of heaven unless you become like one of these. That's the truth he was pointing at. I think it is the truth that the very young, and also I would say as well, the very old, help point me to. Because I'm kind of in the center here, the center of this thing. Let's hope. Let's hope I got a bunch more years in front of me. From an actuarial perspective, I'm in the middle of this thing. (laughs) That reframing perspective is incredibly valuable to those of us who are in the middle because just about everything is targeted at us. (laughs) The middle, where the action is, where the money goes. We're very often the power and the privilege can be. And yet, if we're really honest with it, like maybe you've seen this little thing, I'm not going to show it. But this little thing on social media where it has this circle with you and your comfort zone. And then it says like kind of where the action is or where life is or where your growth happens. And it's out there. True growth happens on the margins of who we are. And so learning to observe what's going on there. Helps us move beyond this sense that we already know it all. Kids can be incredibly powerful sources of revelation to disarm, to disarm our sense of thinking that we've already got it locked down. And just this past week, I saw on Facebook uh, one of our, one of my Facebook friends was tucking her Daughter, one of her daughters, into bed at night, and her daughter just out of the blue said, "Mommy, do you have any unfulfilled dreams?" <laughs> she didn't share her answers on Facebook, but just that question itself. <laughs> "Mommy, do you have any unfulfilled dreams?" Whew! That's a renewing question, right? <laughs> Maybe we might see some of those unfulfilled dreams on these renewal notices that we did over the last couple weeks here at Wellsprings. By the way, you haven't done one yet. You can still go to the back table, fill one out. We'll include it in the weeks to come. We'll have these up through the entirety of this Renew series. Disarming ourselves is so powerful because the truth is it is so easy to walk through this life totally armed up, not just in the obvious ways, although in the obvious ways is one of the reasons that we're having this Sounds of Peace concert Today because our society badly needs to de escalate and disarm, addicted as we are in so many ways to violence. Not just not just with guns, but even more attitudinally. It makes a difference this for disarming how we experience ourselves, how we receive each other. I'm going to show you something, just a moment, that may be, well let's put it this way, should be upsetting. And I imagine many of you have seen it already. So if you want to close your eyes right now, I encourage you to do so. Please. I think many of you know this picture. Omran Daknish. A little boy in Syria who survived... The bombing and this picture taken of him in an ambulance. Powerful image bringing home and to heart. You know, we can hear about thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who die in a conflict, in a civil war in Syria. And one image manages to make those numbers human again. This past week, you may have seen, may have heard About this little boy, a little boy named Alex, who wrote a letter to the president asking this. Dear President Obama, remember the boy who was picked up by the ambulance in Syria? Can you please go get him and bring him to park in the driveway or on the street, and we'll be waiting for you guys with flags, flowers, and balloons. We will give him a family, and he will be our brother. Catherine, my little sister, will be collecting butterflies and fireflies for him. In my school, I have a friend from Syria, Omar, and I will introduce him to Omar. And it goes on just that amazingly for a second and third page if you haven't seen it yet please take a look at it and it's so powerful and and you know how do you how do you build policy off that i don't know is an immigration policy written by alex maybe it should be (laughs) it can be easy to dismiss that as oh the gorgeous sentimentality of a child and also, perhaps to see the seeds of a renaissance of a renaissance in what he is saying, because what he is inviting us to take a look at is exactly what we just did earlier today. That hospitality time that we do every single week here at Wellsprings, there are the seeds of great promise and great ways of being and a practice for being fully human if we observe who we are and we observe who Other people are in that time of hospitality, right? It would be really different if I reversed it, if we reversed it, if Frank reversed it, if we set up here, turn to your neighbor now and exchange your suspicion with them. (laughs) Eye them warily and suspect and view them as a threat to yourself. absurd to say that, right? And yet how much of life is lived that way? By the way, I believe in healthy boundaries. And I should say, just to be very clear, we background check every person who works with our kids here at Wellsprings. I believe that healthy boundaries are necessary, but healthy boundaries are not arming ourselves up. Healthy boundaries are not cynicism. Healthy boundaries leave open the capacity for real, deep, true relationship. And so I'd ask all of us, which is more likely to help us grow? Turn to your neighbor and eye them warily. I imagine that will probably just seed our capacity that all human beings have. Original blessing doesn't mean we're great all the time, but we're inevitably going to be good. Imagine to cultivate the bitter seeds, the seeds that become the bitter fruit of suspicion. These will become hostility, greed and ignorance. Hospitality is likely to feed connection, compassion, and love. And if the kingdom of heaven as a phrase means anything to you, here, there, anywhere, everywhere, then certainly the kingdom of heaven, we open to it through the gateway of our hospitality. This is what it means to be renewed from our weariness. Renewed from our cynicism. Renewed from despair. Is to practice welcoming as observing and observing as welcoming. And to recognize that this is how we flourish and this is how we grow. Because if we do that, then life will welcome us back again. Life will show itself to us and tell us something tremendous. That life never left us in the first place. Amen. And may you live in blessing. And to pray with me. Breathing in and breathing out the Spirit, we are already practicing renewal. We may not realize it, but we are practicing renewal because each breath is both different and connected from every other breath that came before it. Each out breath, a giving back to life that which is already lives, offering back our gifts, our presence. This being alive, this irrevocable expression of connection. That life is already ours and the spirit is already ours. And to live in congruence with that, to live in alignment with that. Not to make the case for it, but to live in alignment with it. This is our work. This is our practice. And this can be our joy as well. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.